1: Potato, Good afternoon, this is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk with Judd Arnold, here to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, how you should position your investment dollars, including your IRA and 401k. Don't hesitate to call us at 952-925-5608, that's 952-925-5608. We're now only a few short weeks away from tax day, and we still want a tax deduction for 2021. And you still have that opportunity, if you haven't done so, to set up or fund, fully fund, your 2021 IRA. Despite what is happening in the stock market, With all the ups, downs, sideways movements, it is to your benefit to fully fund that IRA and take advantage of not only a big tax deduction, but a big opportunity to accumulate money on a tax-preferred basis. Uh, I, we, happen to like investing in individual stocks, but if you don't have a choice to invest in individual stocks, then invest in uh, stock-related mutual funds, including exchange-traded funds. Stocks offer one of the best ways to accumulate and grow money over a period of time. Yes, it, stocks can go down. Yes, mutual funds can go down in value. Yes, when they go down in value, people get a little bit nervous and think the end is near and things are going to go down to zero. But in my long experience investing, which dates back just a few Uh, years, back to the time I was in in high school, um, I have been through numerous uh, market pullbacks that have been in excess a few times of 40%. And in each one of those times, things looked awful. There was always some reason not to invest. But each time, if you had invested during those horrible periods of time when you could accumulate and buy more shares of high-quality companies, not DREC, but high-quality companies, companies that had a, we'll say, a franchise, uh, today those companies might include uh, names like favorites Apple, names like favorite Amazon, could be Microsoft, could be a Google. Uh, just just to name four of the uh, leading companies currently on the S&P 500, these companies over time have done very, very, very well. And there have been others that preceded that. Uh, So buying companies, high-quality companies, at a difficult time uh, makes a lot of sense. You can accumulate more shares, which will be worth more, sometime in the future. So please take advantage of that IRA contribution and invest wisely. Judd, the last day of the quarter, uh, which was Thursday, brought out the sellers, It brought out increased negativities on fear that the Fed could be overshooting sometime in the next uh, several months on interest rates and could uh, induce a potential for an economic slowdown or a recession. This becomes, in my estimation, almost comical, given the same talking heads have been saying that the Fed is way behind the curve on inflation and the Fed needs (laughs) Wow. Needs to raise rates. You need to raise
0: rates. You got to get your voice back. Look. Yes. To to reduce inflationary risk. Hold on. uh, Let's parse. look. Thursday, the market sold off near the end of the day because there was some funky stuff with quarter end pension rebalance. There was a big option trade. I don't think it means anything. Friday, we sort of had a sideways market, but you got to put this in context. We bottomed. NASDAQ bottom for the year, almost down 20%. It's down nine for the year right now, three and a half weeks later. We've had an epic run, and the market's got to digest this a little bit. And I, I think that's that's just the biggest piece here. Like you had a lot of the garb, you know, what I call the garbage, you know, no profit, revenue, revenue only stocks rallied 40, 50, 60% off lows after you know dropping 80, 90%. Okay. So things have to digest and things have to normalize. We maybe we got a little oversold a month ago. Now we've rallied back. This is this is all part of the normal game. I think the Fed speak it sort of misses the point a little bit. I, I think the larger issue is the following: there is there are very very few management teams and investors alive that have invested in a period of rising interest rates and inflation. They they, they just the last time we had an environment like this was the 70s and early 80s. And so you're going to see miscalculation, outright mistakes from both investors and management teams as they try to process what is going on. That's it. Um, I, I don't want to overdo it. You know, we're going to talk a little bit later on. Jed, show. I, feel,
1: I feel very, very fortunate to be amongst that uh, few group of people who was managing money for clients. Back in the late 70s and early 80s. Well, so I'm not going to say I should be bringing out my playbook uh, from then, but I have experienced uh, it's real that simple period of time of uh, we'll say rapidly rising uh, interest rates and uh, dealing with inflation.
0: Look, it, it's really uh, simple. And- you got to own energy and. Outside of energy, you gotta own high, super high quality companies that can pass on price increases. Other than that, it's just a tough road for everybody else.
1: Well, at, at that point, that point in time, um, yes, yeah, so the things the things to own, which I figured you had to own stocks, they had to be high quality companies. Yes, you could own uh, energy because energy was was necessary. Real estate assets happened to be doing very well then. And probably one of the best performing uh, uh, investments I had back at that period of time was investing in cable television. Well, cable, uh, I'm going to put the super high quality. Cable, that, that was at that period of time. Right. That, uh, that cable was, TV is totally different today. No, but but I, it's not about
0: cable. That was a super high quality, price inelastic good. At the time, people had to have it, and it, we built it out over 40 years. That's what I'm talking about. You have to own super high quality stuff where people are always willing to pay more and that company can pass on the price increases. Apple obviously rallying, you know, pretty firmly off of, you know, off a recent low on that thought, which is there's very few companies that are geographically diversified that have effectively unlimited pricing power and have and can manage the supply chain. And that's why Apple's trading where it is. But, it's going to be a tough road for a lot of companies, and I think it's, it's going to be tough. The Fed, nobody has a clue what the Fed's doing, including the Fed. This is a brave new world. They're offsides, They know they're offsides, They feel trapped. You can't withdraw the stimulus in an election year. Oh, inflation's already hot. It's just hard. It's just hard. So I, I think we're going to have continued inflation. The energy story driven by the Russian invasion that we've talked about, of Ukraine is going to be a long time coming. And when we come back, I'll, I'm going to talk a little bit more about LNG and
1: what. Well, that's, the, that's uh, one of the things I did want to want to touch in because uh, there was a very interesting upgrade on a very small uh, LNG player. Uh, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk about it all when we come back. And that uh, jumped up. Say, this is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk with Judd Arnold, here to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, how you should position your investment dollars, including your IRA and 401K. Give us a call. We're here to help you, 952-925-5608. <laughs> Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk with Judd Arnold, here to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, how you should position your 401k and IRA. Don't hesitate to give us a call, 952-925-5608. That's 952-925-5608. We just finished uh, probably one of the more tumultuous uh, quarters uh in market uh, uh history uh, with tremendous amounts of volatility tremendous amounts of fear in the fear in the marketplace we're now starting a new quarter and there'll be a little bit new positioning there's still concerns uh, and probably the biggest concern in my estimation is still with the fed and what the Fed is going to do with dealing with inflation and interest rates, uh, I might uh, still be one of those people that looks at inflation not as um, as a pandemic, but endemic. But I, and I do think that the level of inflation is going to come down, and I think the level of inflation could come down a lot faster than uh, most people anticipated. That's, that said, uh, in this market environment with rising, rising interest rates, um, uh, investing in high-quality companies and companies uh, in the energy patch uh, right now, which uh, have seen higher prices, and those prices... Uh, could be sustained for many, many reasons. Uh, a portion of, of assets need to be allocated there. Additionally, I think a, a portion of assets should be allocated uh, towards, we'll say, agriculture, uh, because that's still something that's going to be needed, given what has happening with the war between Russia and uh, the Ukraine. It, we talked, uh, you brought up um, liquid, Nash, N- yeah, Nash, liquid, liquid natural, natural liquid gas. gas, LNG, liquid uh, gas, LNG, and on Friday, um, I do believe it was uh, Credit Suisse. Uh, Credit Swiss put an upgrade on a very small uh, company, market symbol T E L L, um, which is developing. Uh, some natu- uh, liquid natural gas terminals um, as well as involved in uh, drilling for, for natural it, gas.
0: Hold on. you got to set the table right. The CEO okay. of Tell was the founder and CEO of Ticker LNG, which is Chenier. He's the pioneer of the liquefied natural gas industry in the United States. He was kicked out of Chenier for some office politics reasons, started Tell. He just broke ground, he's got one plant, and he is going to need to raise billions of dollars of equity, and he is going to raise those billions of dollars of equity through Credit Suisse, which was the firm that shockingly upgraded the company. And my issue with Tell and the other one like it is next decade, N-E-X-T, is you are four years away from the end of the rainbow. And They're going to need to raise a lot of money, they're going to need to raise a lot of equity capital, it's just going to take time, I think there's better ways to play it. I'm adding NFE, that's New Fortress Energy, which also has an export terminal, which is only going to take one year to get done, because they're doing it offshore and they're doing it on some rig platforms. There's a big announcement on Friday, they also have a bunch of LNG import facilities in the Caribbean, Brazil, and in Europe. Great CEO. That's a $45 stock, it's been on a nice tear. I added as recently as Friday, because I think we're going to 150 to 200 over the next couple of years based on the math and the opportunity there. But what I like about NFE, you have existing assets that are worth 40 to 45 a share, then you have this growth pipeline that could be worth another 100 a share, but you have a floor and he doesn't need external capital. But big picture, what's going on with LNG, is the Europeans are gonna wean off Russian natural gas and the Americans are gonna send it to them and Biden's behind it. And a lot of people are talking about how natural gas is the easier trade now because you don't have the swings with OPEC and the oil market, the easier trade versus oil because you have this effective floor with the Europeans sucking out US natural gas to replace Russian natural gas.
1: So there. That's well. I'm glad, glad you, glad you brought brought up to speed. What about investing in LNG, uh, Chenier? The issue with Chenier is most it is
0: huge, and the stock's done very well. I have been in and out of Chenier multiple times, and 140 a share. The issue I have is most of the value is under 20-year contracted agreements. So the incremental value of them developing a new terminal isn't that big. And I think there's better ways to play this. I think you're much better buying NFE and maybe a little tell on a pullback. Tel's going to come to the market for an equity offering. I would wait. Next decade's going to come to the market for an equity offering. Wait for those days. It's going to be a long journey. I, you know, you can do fine with LNG, which is Shaneer. I just think there's better ways to play it. And I think capital is scarce. My number one ticket. OK,
1: well, that. while we're while we're on um, uh, natural gas, what about some of the natural gas or primary natural gas drillers here in the United States, which have Southwestern, which up. I've
0: owned and still own ticker SWN uh, EQT is the other really good one. There was a really good note from Morgan Stanley this week highlighting that natural gas stocks are pricing in three dollar fifty cent natural gas. I would point out that natural gas in the United States currently is five fifty. And we are in the time of the year, now that we're in April, where home heating demand goes down, meaning the price of natural gas usually goes down, and we are at a multi-year high on natural gas. And given the desires of the LNG industry, I think you have a decent trade, and I think you can do fine with the natural gas names. I'm also
1: playing as coal. So so even though... Um, you know, predictions are that the price of natural gas is going to drop, uh, we'll say two to two dollars per MCF, you would still want to hold these stocks. Uh, no, 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 no.
0: I'm saying they are fair value assuming gas is three fifty. Got it. Okay, gas, gas is five fifty. So all these energy stocks move. Yes, they move on short term prices of the relevant commodity, be it oil or natural gas, but they what they're really doing is pricing in the terminal price or the long-term price of the commodity. And what we've seen with the oil stocks already over the last year and a half is the terminal price that investors are willing to underwrite, it keeps going up. So oil stocks are trading, you know, fair value is basically assuming $60 or $55 oil by my math. You know, oil is about $100 a uh, barrel. Uh, Natural gas stocks are only pricing in $350. And so as investors get more comfortable, what you're going to see is that terminal price go up. And I think that's that's sort of the the long term trade. You know, energy is only four percent of the S&P 500. It was left for dead by people, including myself. But the world changed. And I think you're going to have a really big tailwind. I'm calling for energy to be at least eight and a half percent of the S&P 500 by the end of 2023. And having that positive flow benefit, I think, is really, really nice.
1: Well, in order to get to, you know, to that, you know, eight percent of the of the. S and P overall value, and I do believe that at one point, um, about six years ago, Judd, the uh, energy was what about 17% of the value. It was of the about S&P.
0: 15, 16%. Not to get put too fine of a point of it before the OPEC collapse in 20 late 2014. And you know, you go back to the 80s, and it was about 30, 35% of the index. But it's going to be a big. It, it's going to grow a lot. These companies are throwing off a ton of cash flow. They almost died. Management teams are scared. They're not investing. They're returning capital to shareholders. They are doing everything right. And obviously having the commodity tailwind is huge. And then on top of it, the Biden administration, and I don't even know how you can possibly do this and make the Fed look confident, but they did it with this strategic petroleum reserve release that they announced this week. And let me put this in context. The Strategic Petroleum Reserve exists because of the 1973 OPEC oil embargo of the United States. So we said, we'll put a bunch of oil in storage in these salt caverns in the Southeast just in case they turn off the tab. And that way we defend our economy. We've got about three to five months of oil just in case they turn off the tap. That is for actual disruption. The Biden administration decides, no, we're going to release it into a rising commodity environment when they have already gone to Iran and Venezuela and Saudi Arabia and Abu Dhabi begged for more oil production got told no and their strategy is to get rid of and utilize our insurance policy such that in 3 months what they're going to hope that MBS in in Saudi is like oh now that I can jack up production and raise prices even more and you can't do anything about it yes now I'm going to do it it's you can't make this stuff up but Enough of that. I'll get off my soapbox. We have to come back after the break.
1: I want to talk more more about this uh, when we do come back. I am Josh Arnold. This is I am Mr. Money Talk. I'm with Judd Arnold. We're here to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds. How You should position your investment dollars. Give us a call 952-925-5608. This is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk, here to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, how you should position your investment dollars. I'm with Judd Arnold, and we're Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, and we're here to help you. Give us a call, 952-925-5608. We've been talking about uh, oil, natural gas. We'll touch on a little bit of coal or development of of energy. Been some very interesting things happening uh, with energy in the last uh, last week, including the current administration pushing to tap the strategic oil uh, reserve in an attempt to bring down not only the price of oil, but to help, um, we'll say constituents uh, at the gas the gas pump bring down the price of of gasoline. This um, this has been very very interesting. And I also thought I heard Judd that the president was um, going after uh, energy companies, particularly uh, oil and gas companies, to. Drill more right now. I've said it for weeks. I I said it for weeks on the show. They don't get
0: why people are drilling. They say this out of one side of their mouth. On the other side of their mouth, they say infrastructure for the country is the most important thing that they're trying to do. Well, the energy infrastructure, i.e. pipelines in Minnesota, we all know about, or some of us know about Dakota Access, Keystone, Excel, and whatnot that were blocked. When you don't have pipeline takeaway capacity from oil production and gas production basins, it creates what's called a basis differential, meaning you don't get the headline price. So oil's at ninety-nine dollars a barrel right now in the United States. That's at the hub in Cushing, Oklahoma. If you're in the Bakken, which is South and North Dakota, and you know, parts of Montana, you don't get a hundred. You get thirty-five dollars less. And when you get thirty-five dollars less, who takes that thirty-five? Well, the limited pipeline capacity, they rip your face off, and the truckers take it. And the only way to narrow that basis is to add pipelines. And you can repeat this at nauseum across multiple basins across the country. The Permian Basin, I think, is $10 cheap to W to, uh, Cushing, which is the West Texas Intermediate Pricing Hub. So the Biden administration is out saying, wow, there's all these permits on leases on federal land, which we control, and these guys aren't drilling. What's wrong with them? We're gonna tax them for not drilling. And then the only way for them to avoid the tax is for them to return the lease. Oh, what a great idea. We're going to Venezuela, we're going to Iran, we're going to Saudi Arabia, we're going to Abu Dhabi, begging for production. And in the United States, where it's not economical to drill in some places because you can't get pipeline takeaway capacity and the truckers are going to take all the profit, they're now gonna vilify producers who are let's let me get this straight they are oil companies they're money hungry they don't care about the environment they don't care about anybody but for some reason they're choosing not to drill economic wells that's what we're supposed to believe you you just can't make this stuff up it's so bad like I, I talked in the last segment about the the strategic petroleum reserve release which we're giving away America's insurance policy. I'm 50/50. Oil's going to 175 a barrel, which is going to put us, I don't know, $12 a bar- you know, $12 a gallon at the pump this summer. It's so terrible. This is horrific policy. So, what can you do to defend yourself? Buy oil stocks. Buy oil infrastructure. Buy natural gas, because let me tell you, they are screwing up. The government could not come up with a worse energy policy. In the face of legitimate disruptions to the oil market driven by the russian invasion of ukraine and the subsequent isolation of russia which you know surprise surprise it's about 10 percent of global oil production and a lot more for natural gas like these are hard times and these guys are vilifying u.s oil producers who nearly went bankrupt
1: over the last seven years you can't make it up but here we are well not not only here we are with that i've got two things the you know, that the Russian uh, oil and gas is still going going places. I did, did notice that uh, that uh, Russia is making a deal with India. Um, uh, they still, Russia still has a deal with Japan for, uh, for oil well, and natural yes. gas.
0: The barrels are not going to come off the market. They're still going to be sold. They're going to be sold at a discounted price. The bigger impact of all of this is what I call resource nationalism which is it's not today, it's not tomorrow, but over a period of time, this is what we're seeing with the LNG industry, the Europeans are putting up their hand to the Russians and saying, you know, we're not going to take 30% of our energy from Russia anymore. So they are going to import a lot of LNG, which means the United States has to deliver it. Over time, we're going to have resource nationalism, which means more domestic production. And as much as they talk out on of one side of their mouth, mm-hmm. saying that the oil companies are the boogeyman, the U.S. oil companies, they've, the government really screwed this thing up they are offsides. We are in what I believe to be a at least a five to six year commodity cycle, given the underinvestment across all commodities, oil and gas. You can go to zinc. You can go to lithium. You can touch all these things. Coal, I own a bunch of. I think coal is amazing as an investment perspective. And I would point out humbly that people talk about natural gas being clean. If you include the lost methane from natural gas production, it's actually has a higher carbon intensity than most coal if you use it for electric production. But these little nuances are lost on most people because the narrative's more important than the reality. I digress. But um, I, Greg, I, I Greg, Greg you digress Greg's
1: on that. You know, you talk about mining. I, I, there, um, let me, let's go.
0: Let's bring this back to the market. And okay. the biggest quote unquote tell that I've seen in this market for a long time was Biden overnight announced the Strategic Petroleum Reserve release Thursday. Thursday morning, we woke up to oil down six and a half percent. And Wednesday, it had sort of cracked. It was down seven and a half or eleven percent. No, it was a little bit more. It had gone from from early Wednesday, it had gone from 115 down to 100 on the Biden S P R release news. And by the end of the day Thursday, oil stocks were up. The market gets it, and that's why I'm so bullish about these energy stocks. Which is you're seeing flows, and that's why I, I've talked about previous in the last segment where you're going to see oil and commodities and energy as a percentage of the S&P 500. It's about four and a half today. It was 15, 16% before the OPEC bust in 2014. It is going to go back to eight and a half. You're on the right side of flows. Money is pouring in. People were waiting to buy this wobble from Biden and everybody bought it on the day it was announced. The worst possible news if you're long energy stocks. Oh, the United States government is gonna release the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. The commodity was down six percent and the stocks were up tells you everything you need to know
1: yes it yes it does what what about uh just shifting from a different type of commodity because i I brought up earlier investing in um, agricultural commodities and particularly um, um, fertilizer Fertilizer. Well, fertilizer is a
0: natural gas derivative. We also, you know, the breadbasket of the world is you know, Ukraine and parts of Russia, which are now offline. There very well may be, and I, do, I it pains me to say this, there may, may well be a famine in Africa this year. And it's going to be horrific and people don't appreciate. We, The last time we see this was during a period called the Holomidor in Ukraine, which is in the 30s, when Stalin decided to induce what was called a hunger famine. He uh, committed a genocide against the, these productive farmers called the Kulaks. Anyway, about six to nine million people died under estimates. Absolutely horrific. But people really realize that Ukraine and parts of Russia are the breadbasket of Europe, Africa, and what have you. It is we we may have a repeat of the agricultural impact of that. I say this also uh, slightly differently. Farm income is off the charts. If you're a U.S. farmer, you you are in better shape than you've been in a long time. Corn, wheat. What soybeans are through the roof, largely on the back of the Ukraine Russia situation, and that means more investment in fertilizers. And then lastly, natural gas prices are higher. That's an input for fertilizer as the as the input price. It's very counterintuitive. As the input price of natural gas goes up, you know, 15% of five dollar natural gas, because they just put a percentage adder on it, is more than 15% of three dollars and they do a percentage as opposed to a fixed dollar price adder, there's just more room for the fertilizers companies to take margins. So that that is that. You are long natural gas by derivative. You are long the lack of food production you know, because of the Ukraine-Russia war. It is a nuanced, but certainly interesting way to play it. Obviously, we hope that there is peace in Ukraine and the rest of the world. What a terrible, utter tragedy is going on. But that is That is the fertilizer story. You can buy LXU, which I have owned on and off. That's LSB Industries, and I don't know why the ticker is LXU when the company's LSB. Uh, Mosaic, which you've owned, I wouldn't touch in Archer Daniels Midland. But what I would touch is
1: it's time to take a break, and we're
0: going to have to come back.
1: You are on fire today. This is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk with Judd Arnold, here to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, You should position your investment dollars, including your IRA and 401K. Call us, 952-925-5608. We can help you. This is Josh yes. Arnold, Victor Money Talk with Judd Arnold, here to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, how you should position your investment dollars, including your IRA and 401k. Call us, 952-925-5608. That's 952-925-5608. We spent a good chunk of today uh, talking about energy, commodities, uh, and their potential uh, over the next uh, few months, in the next year, particularly in an inflationary environment, particularly with the Fed raising interest rates, and particularly with demand increasing over over a period of time, do be do uh, be prepared that these companies that we've talked about are going to fluctuate. Uh, they don't go straight straight to the moon. We've also brought brought up the need to invest in high quality franchises, companies that I happen to to like, such as Apple and Amazon, we can throw in Google and Microsoft to that as well. Uh, these are places that in this market environment, it's almost like a bare uh, barbell approach, um, having some in the commodity sector, some in the franchise sector, keep some money in cash to deal with the inevitable ups and downs so that you have some safety and are able to pick up more shares at a discounted price. I'd be avoiding, um, and we have pounded the table on this for a long time, avoid investing in bonds or bond funds or any mutual fund that's heavily weighted in bonds because as interest rates move up. The value of the bond fund goes down. And speaking of things going down, I saw on Friday – a downgrade of the ARK mutual fund complex by, by Morningstar uh, saying the fund takes on too much risk, does not have good risk management, and does not have a succession plan uh, in, in place. Now is not the time to invest in ARK. This after uh, ARK has lost uh, about 50% of its value over the last year and a half. Look,
0: it's, um, it's nice to know that after your spouse cheats on you for the fourth time that one of your friends steps up and says this might not be the partner for you to spend the rest of your life with.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, Morningstar also questioned uh Ark and and of the the the, uh, the founder of Ark uh, and uh, lead lead manager uh, Kathy Wood it questioned her investment strategy uh, and the fact that she has reduced the number of names in her portfolio to her, what she considered her strongest uh, ideas.
0: Look, not, investment performance is typically 40% the market, 30% the sector, 30% the underlying company. Kathy Wood and, and, and ARK has delivered exactly what they told you they were going to deliver, which is long-term growth stocks with no profits, no You know, in some cases, no revenue. And those were the darlings in a declining interest rate environment. And those are not the places you want to be in a rising interest rate environment. The bottom fell out. She is trapped. And I don't use the word she to imply that it has anything to do with her being a woman. Just, you know, it is what it is. Like she is There's nothing, there's no way out. We saw this with a few investment managers in 2000, 2001, which is the mandate is to be in growth. That falls out of vogue and there's nowhere to go. And then as they lose a bunch, you know, that there's a psychological impact of that as well. So I I would just steer clear. If you took Tesla out, her performance is actually far worse. Tesla's our biggest position. We took Tesla out, which is actually stabilized and is, you know, still near an all-time high, the by name performance is far, far worse. You know, Path blew up this week on her. She was buying that one hand over fist. And I I don't mean to call her out, like, won an unbelievable record for five, six years and was really the poster child of the prior cycle. But the world's moved on and being a investor, I'm sure if you listened to the show for more than a year or two, you heard me poo-pooing energy two years ago. But you got to adapt. You got to change. And if you're not going to do that, buy an index fund. But nothing can be off limits and you can't be dogmatic. Otherwise, you're going to light your money on fire.
1: Well, yes. Yes, you. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I mean, i um probably my only. Uh, you know, somebody could say, well, geez, Josh, you're very dogmatic because you keep talking about Apple and Amazon on a regular basis. Um, yes. Yes, I do. Uh, and that the performance of uh, both those companies uh over a long period of time uh, speaks speaks for themselves. I do know that uh, there is some concern with favorite Amazon uh, because one of their warehouses uh, voted to unionize uh, this this past week uh, another Another warehouse that had a second union vote after defeating the union. Uh last year, uh the union that was uh, calling for the union of the Bessemer Alabama plant uh was able to appeal to the NLRB and they had a revote. Uh the revote down in Alabama uh only got uh 39% of the eligible workers to even vote. And uh, the vote went against the union. in Staten Island, uh, in outside of New York, or actually in New uh, New York, one of the five boroughs, a warehouse there uh, with eighty three hundred uh, employees. Uh, one half of the uh, eligible uh, workers voted for the union and the union vote just passed Look, we don't have to
0: we don't even have to touch the political which is private sector union participation has declined almost every year for the last 35 years it's declined because the value proposition is not seen by private sector workers in any way shape or form meaning the union dues do not more than offset what they what the union is able to negotiate additionally workers and I, i i would hope that you know all people realize whether you like it or not we live in a market-based economy capitalist society and it's not just the united states it's literally the entire world is one big society you know one big economy the way to generate wealth is to convert wages and labor into capital and if you want to make a ton of money i would strongly urge you instead of you know investing your time perhaps you may win or you know or you may lose a union mobilization effort and that might get you an extra dollar or two per hour, which certainly is well-deserved and working is very difficult. But to create long-term wealth, the only way to do it is to invest, own own real assets, own equities and compound that wealth and be an owner. There's just no example otherwise in the private sector, certainly public public sector union do incredibly well and I'm not gonna touch that politically, but within the private sector, it's really hard to retire on wage income alone. You're gonna need to invest and the longer you go in life, the more you'll realize that once you hit your 50s, 60s and 70s, the vast, vast majority of your wealth that was generated by compound returns on your invested dollars, as opposed to the direct wages you receive from your labor. But whatever. Give them a headline. Give them a headline. And
1: well, we, we did get the headline. Uh, Amazon stock uh, did finish up. Uh, up on the week. Uh, and. I have, uh, you know, I've got a price target of $250 a share on Amazon. The $250 uh, is after Amazon shares split, 20 for one, which will take place on June June the 6th. I also have a price target on Apple of also $250 a share. Uh, Again, high quality companies, franchises that you do want to want to own. It's going to be a very interesting week ahead um, as we can continue to be concerned about the direction of interest rates, what the Fed is going to be doing, the impact of uh, inflation, and what is going to be happening with, we'll say energy prices. and I and we've given some ways uh, to uh, for you to take it take advantage of um, of what's going on in the world. This is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk with Judd Arnold. We're always here for you. Call us 952-925-5608.
0: 18 plus.